Hi everyone, I'm Anna Close. And I'm Paul Schiaparoni, and this is the Engineering History Podcast. If you, if you want to hear about where engineering and history collide, then you're at the right show. Today, on episode three, we will be going over the development of the transistor, um, which is a lot more interesting than it sounds. But first, let's give you guys some background about us. I'm a mechanical engineer uh, at a large aerospace company where I do mostly manufacturing activities. <laughs> and uh, I'm a civil engineer focusing in water resources and water quality. Our alcohol for today's podcast is an IPA, my favorite. It's called a Sloha Tangerine Hazy. And this is this is also Trader Joe's, correct? Yeah, everything's nice. from Trader Joe's. All right, well, okay. Cheers, Cheers. Jabroni. Cheers, Jaclosi. Oh, loving that. Yeah. All right, Anna, let's just jump right in. What? Can I ask you a question? Uh. What is the first or the earliest Silicon Valley success story that you've ever heard of? I've never heard of a, su- a success story in Silicon Valley. Why don't you re- elaborate a little bit? Oh, I was just joking. Okay. <laughs> um, I thought you meant some like metaphysical kind of like, <laughs> what if success is not what we think it is? It's not just about the money. Right. Um, I don't know. Uh, the earliest? The, the very first one. Peanuts. Peanuts? I'm just kidding. I just have ADHD and <laughs> can't think of anything else. Um, well, it wasn't out of Silicon Valley, but electricity was a big thing. That is a big thing. Um, you're correct. It was not out of Silicon Valley. <laughs> I don't know. Um, what was it? <laughs> well, uh, let's say off the bat, actually. I, I, I wouldn't actually, kind of to the earlier point, I wouldn't say this is necessarily a success story, per se. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a bumpy ride. Um, and it's going to, a lot of the sort of heavy uh, tones and themes and the, the checkpoints Mm-hmm. are things that you'll see in later things, Apple, Microsoft, IBM, whatever, um, but to much greater success. Um, but there's a guy who had a story that hits those points. He paved the way, does so, you could argue when he started, I like to think 1945 is when it really started going. His story has some of the echoes of today's startup founders, such as he invented a pivotal technology out of an obscure area of research. Hmm. He moved to Mountain View, California to sell the technology. Mm-hmm. He pissed off his coworkers, both as his peer and as their boss. Okay. And he held really offensive views. Okay, <laughs> sounds like the classic Mountain View <laughs> Silicon Valley startup. <laughs> I, I, the, the, my notes here are titled The World's First Tech Bro, <laughs> which may be the episode of this podcast. I'm not sure yet. <laughs> um, William Shockley. Is his name. Mm. He was born in London to mining parents. So we have a mining engineer who's the dad mm. and a mining surveyor in the year 1910 is okay. when he was born. Okay. Uh, this is this is old money. Okay. So William can trace his lineage in the U.S. back to the Mayflower. Um, like the, you know, the pilgrim like ship, the Mayflower. Yeah. His ancestors came by there. They've been in this country quite a long time. Okay. I assume they're still here. When um, did they move from London, you so said? Great question. Why, why was he in London, right? <laughs> His parents um, could not sit still. Um, and that, I don't mean that in necessarily a positive sense. So his dad is kind of like an Indiana Jones type, right? So mm-hmm. mining engineer, you might be like, how interesting could that be? This dude is like 
facing down the Mongolian bandits on the railroad tracks and making them turn back. Okay. So this dude's like like a fucking badass, mm-hmm. but when it comes to holding down stable employment and kind of providing for a family, oh. he proves less apt. See, this guy, this guy, William's father, right? William Sr. William Sr. He just kind of reminds me of like just a guy that's just out there living life and then got tied down with a woman and kids and he's like trying to you know yeah it kind of sounds like that trying to still live life while also providing for a shitty asshole kid who doesn't even love him well you know he certainly uh kind of acted that way (laughs) (laughs) or or well uh, william was very um Apparently he was very mean as a child. Oh. And part of that came from the fact that his parents, his dad was kind of in this life he didn't want it, like you mm-hmm. say, or didn't want. And his parents became just kind of paranoid. Like, they didn't want to leave the house. They didn't want to get too close with people. The reason they were in London was because they moved, like, every year. Oh. They were just bouncing all over the place, so it was really mm-hmm. destabilizing for William. Um, despite the fact that his dad was really impressive, and his mom, actually... One of the first female graduates of Stanford ever. <gasps> Whoa. Um, the first female mining surveyor in the Nevada silver mines. Whoa. Um, so they're really impressive people, but they're also, like, there's something driving them. And mm-hmm. and I haven't, as much as I read, I, I couldn't tell what was driving them. But they certainly drove William. To um, insanity. <laughs> to being, like, kind of a dick, I think. Yeah, okay. <laughs> we'll, we'll see. <laughs> Um, so they run into financial issues in London and decide to move to Palo Alto when mm-hmm. uh, William is three years old. Um, and this is before Silicon Valley is a thing. Okay. So Palo Alto is not, you know, it, that's where you would maybe go to escape your financial troubles rather okay. than create some. <laughs> yeah. And what year is this that they moved to Palo Alto? 1913, I guess. Oh, cause okay. he, was he was born, born in, in 1910. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is William Shockley... The guy that we saw on Stranger Things where Will was carrying that poster, and you were like, That's oh, Alan Turing. That guy's gay. No. <laughs> William Shockley, I believe, was straight. Okay, um, okay. Alan Turing was definitely gay. Sorry, all just, all old white guys just look the same after That a would while. be a great podcast, Alan Turing. Yeah? I think so. Cool. Um. Anyways. Have you ever seen The Imitation Game? I've heard of it. I've never seen it. Wonderful movie. We just watched A Beautiful Mind. Mm-hmm. Reminded me a lot of A Beautiful Mind. Okay. Um, so, they move to Palo Alto all the time. They're still moving. So, they're in Palo Alto, but they're, like, moving houses, like, every year. Mm-hmm. Very destabilizing stuff. He's being homeschooled, which alone oh, is, like, a God. death sentence. Oh, no. Like, forget it, right? Oh, uh, he's not going to be a normal person. <laughs> you know, I... <laughs> I kind of hesitate to say this. I feel like from everything I read, he probably needed bullies. <laughs> like, he probably needed someone to just, like, kick the shit out of him at some point. Other than his parents. <laughs> I don't know how, like, physically violent they were. If anything, he was... He needed someone to tell him his parents were not normal. That mm. was more of the vibe I was getting. Did he have any siblings to beat the shit out of him? No. Only child. Oh, no. Oh, he no. has, like, all the weirdo risk factors uh, oh, so far. Oh, God. Um, regardless of his upbringing, William was apparently very, very sharp. Very brilliant guy. Caltech physics undergrad, MIT physics PhD, 
Mm-hmm. Everyone says this guy's brilliant, genius, mm-hmm. super smart guy. Mm-hmm. Um, after wooing or or maybe rather wowing folks in academia, he was hired by the legendary Bell Labs. Mm. You're you're familiar. Alexander Graham Bell. Exactly. Yep. That's mm-hmm. that also could be a great podcast. Alexander Graham Bell. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. <laughs> um. Let's. I, I'd love to play a quick game, and I'm actually going to kind of flip this really quick. Mm-hmm. Sorry for the audio artifacts, folks. Um, let's play a quick game. Okay. Name the Bell Labs invention, okay? Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of coming up with this on the fly. Okay. But I'm going to say something, and there's like an integral part of it, and you have to tell me... What part was invented by Bell Labs? Please don't do this to me. <laughs> Number one, laser pointer. Okay. What part of that was invented by Bell Labs? What? Oh. What part of the laser pointer was invented by Bell Labs? The laser. Yes, they invented the laser. <laughs> okay, next one is a graphing calculator. What part of that was invented by Bell Labs? Calculator? Yes, they invented the calculator. You're two for two. Oh my god, yay, teacher, <laughs> teach me more. Okay, um, MacBook Pro. What part of that was invented by Bell Labs? And actually several parts were, but just one would be good. The computer? Uh, no, uh, I don't think so. I thought that was Xerox Park. Uh, maybe not. I, it's kind of a trick question. The operating system Unix, which all Macs are based on. Bell Labs. Oh God, I'm an idiot. I'll never, I'll never be able to find a job. I'll never succeed in life. This is just bringing me back to second grade, man. You know, this is kind of what I feel like William Shockley's internal monologue <laughs> is kind of like, and you might hear that kind of come through. Oh God. Um, the ones I couldn't find clever, clever, pithy ways to encapsulate them. They also did the programming language C, which is very uh-huh. fundamental, and then also fiber optic cables. cables. So, Fries and Fios, that kind of thing. Nice. Um, so, Shockley is pretty stoked to be working there. One of the things they did was they kind of gave people a lot of freedom. So, it's a technology park, basically, kind of like Xerox Park. Mm-hmm. Um, so, his first thing he did was he accidentally invented a nuclear reactor. <laughs> Total, How do you we've all been there kind of thing. How do you accidentally... Just, I think he was studying uranium, and he just was like, hey, what if I just kind of did some shit? and I just poked it really hard with a stick. I think it was basically the equivalent of that. Um, The U.S. government seized all of his shit and (laughs) classified it and told him he couldn't patent it. So he was no longer able to work on that. Um, So he just just bounced on right to the next thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, Research into vacuum tubes, okay? So to take this MacBook Pro as an example... Um, there's what's called digital logic inside this thing, right? So when I click something, it needs to know if I clicked it or not. Mm-hmm. Back in the day, uh, say on a much simpler device, let's say I press a button, you would represent that with a vacuum tube where basically it basically acts as a fancy switch to turn current on or off. Mm-hmm. The issue is you can't make like a MacBook Pro with vacuum tubes because they're like, you know, they're, they're sizable and yeah. you know, they're fragile and you, 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 know, you really don't want to make a laptop with that kind of thing. Yeah. Although technically you could, and somebody should as an art project. Okay. Um, but Shockley and his team decided to uh, start on a quest to basically remove vacuum tubes and replace them with something better. So they're hammering away at this for about three years. Mm-hmm. And then 
we're going to have a quick anecdote side quest when the Navy knocks on Shockley's door. Mm-hmm. We're like, guys, it's 1942. We need you to drop everything. Not guys, they just talked to Shockley. And um, they're like, we hear you're the best, okay? And we're going to need your help to defeat the Axis powers. So he is doing processes, bomber shit, basically rationing arms and also training pilots on how to, like, use the best, like, sort of, um, uh, like, methods to, like, conserve their ammo, but also, like, avoid depth charges. Apparently that was a thing. This guy sounds like a nerd. (laughs) This guy's a super nerd. So the way, the impression I was getting reading this guy's biography was, like, kind of like a person who on paper is very smart Mm -hmm. but is somewhat brittle and somewhat kind of easily provoked not not much common sense you know so i and i heard one time that with engineers you get technical brilliance social skills and common sense out of those three you get two of them you never get all three (laughs) so this guy had technical brilliance and actually that's all he had (laughs) but he kind of had a double dose of technical brilliance interesting um, so, probably his most pivotal project uh, at the time. Um, Shockley was tapped by the U.S. War Department. Quick tangent. Mm-hmm. Currently, the War Department is the DOD, yeah. the Department of Defense. Mm-hmm. I don't know why we renamed that. I, I, I feel like the War Department... It's kind of cooler, right? Yeah, right? Like, it's like the war, you know? It's the war. The war. I just got back from the war, ladies and gentlemen. Um... Yeah, I don't I don't know why they changed it. Maybe they they just had to soften it up, you know? It's like defense. We would never make a military strike unless in defense. Unless although yeah. Except for all the times they did that. Uh, yeah, the all the in countries that are not the United States. <laughs> yeah. Routinely. But it was in defense even though it, it, was. it wasn't. Well, the best defense is a good offense. <laughs> so Let's just start bombing people we don't like, I guess. I mean, that would solve the problem, (laughs) technically speaking. Yes. Anyway. Moving on. DOD, or as it's known, the War Department, asked him... So, okay, so this is July 1945. Mm -hmm. Germany has just surrendered, and they're getting ready for the invasion of Japan. Mm -hmm. And they know this is going to be a fucking nightmare, because maybe, actually, if folks haven't listened to Hardcore History... Uh, another history podcast, mm-hmm. has a series called Supernova in the East, which is about Japan during World War II. Mm-hmm. It's an amazing podcast series. People should definitely with check Daniele it out. With Daniele Bolelli? Uh, with Dan Carlin. Oh, okay. Um, history on Fire is Daniele. That's History on Daniele Fire. Daniele Bolelli. Also a wonderful podcast. Daniele Bolelli. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, so, but anyway, Japan during the war famously was totally fanatical and like mom's grandma's children were all part of the war effort mm-hmm. so invading that country is a fucking nightmare yeah so it was it's, it was kind of like that here where like during world war Two, it was very like uh maybe not fanatical but it was like patriotic and you know you had to do your part at yeah. home to help the Exa- rosie the riveter exactly right. help the men overseas 100 percent and so, yeah I guess a lot of countries kind of felt that patriotism. Definitely. Yeah. And and also, you know, you kind of have that thing of, like, you know, there's so many fucking guns in America that, like, if you ever tried to invade, you just get, like, hillbillies on yeah. your ass. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> These motherfuckers are waiting, okay? Do you know about... This is also a fucking game. Do you know about the Boog? What? 
Okay, <laughs> this is some fucking niche content, okay? Oh, no. So the boog is short for the boogaloo, and I don't know if anybody talks about, the last time I heard about this was, like, 2020, but basically it was this thing of, like, all the, like, quasi-anarchist militia adjacent types who mm-hmm. live in, like, Idaho and, like, places like that, and they, there was this event that they had proposed called the boogaloo, where it was some sort of like revolution i guess what? where they would all take like like assault weapons and wear hawaiian shirts i guess that was also <laughs> part of it and they would like rise up i don't really know i don't think there was like an overarching point per se what is the connection between like an ar-15 and hawaiian shirts I, there was like some connection with the hawaiian shirts i don't know um that is fucking weird i don't have all the facts about the boog i just heard I you know I I'm I'm tapped into all the pulses of these kind of things you know. <laughs> was it in 2020? That was the last time I heard about it. I don't remember the earliest I heard about it. It might have been during COVID and all the militia types got a little antsy, you know. Yeah, you're the founder of the Boog. We know. I definitely I'm, am the founder of the Boog. The FBI <laughs> has been tracking your cell phones to yeah. make sure you're not doing anything else. My my personal militia, which is the River Boys, um, <laughs> will will rise again. Yeah. Okay. Here's the thing. I feel like. If we just show River's face to, like, um, you know, dictators around the world and be like, why would you want to attack countries when you could just pet a dog? (laughs) You know, that actually reminds me of something. We were once at a tree planting event. Oh, yeah. I don't know if you remember this, Mm -hmm. but we we were planting trees and one of the volunteers, like, we were volunteering, but one of the main people was like, we were just having, like, a normal conversation. She was like... (laughs) I just feel like if you just took the terrace and just had to start planting trees, that, you know, they just, they just wouldn't want to blow shit up anymore. Yeah. It's just me and, like, a bunch of other 19-year-olds just, like, standing around like, what the fuck? Well, didn't Hank Hill say, like, why would you want to do drugs when you could just mow along? Yeah, that's exactly entirely true. That's just how I feel. And I, and I love how but right before he says that, he takes the grass and just goes, like, Oh. <sighs> Uh, where anyway, are we? <laughs> we were at World War Two. Yes. So, um, they're very skittish about invading Japan. Mm-hmm. So they actually hire Shockley, of all people, and they ask him to make a study or a report on the probable outcome of what's going to happen mm-hmm. uh, if they invade Japan. Nerd. Uh, Shockley concludes, quote, We shall probably have to kill at least 5 to 10 million Japanese. <laughs> This might cost us between 1.7 and 4 million casualties, including 400,000 to 800,000 killed. <gasps> um, so there's some fucking crazy numbers. Oh my god. And that's, like, children, that's <gasps> grandmas, like, you know, they're grabbing fucking katanas and running at you, like, if you kill the one guy. Like, you're killing yeah. families, you know, you're walking through, this is the killing fields, basically. Yeah. So, uh, War what? Department, oh, go ahead. Well, what if he... What if he was just really racist? <laughs> and he was just like, we just want to, I just want to kill, like, this particular race because I'm not a good person. It's, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll get somewhere kind no. of adjacent to that. No, I was joking. We'll get, we'll I get, was joking. We'll, get, we'll see where we go. No, Shockley, no. And that, I, to be clear, I don't think that was, I think he put in an honest effort here. I think this is his real thoughts about, okay. you know, like, how many 
And and I do frankly I don't disagree with those numbers. Like I mean honestly I think like we pump those numbers. We probably pump those numbers <laughs> up. I mean like really like oh, and no. it's and he's probably bumping down in my opinion the number of U.S. casualties also because this is really? a and I I don't think it, part of it is that this was pre-Vietnam War and mm-hmm. we didn't understand what it was like to like when the enemy is so tied in with the society. Even though Vietnam War was a different situation because like that was less of an organized force, but. Anyway, not yeah. apples to apples, but yeah. regardless of anything, I feel like, yeah, we bumped these numbers up. Um, so War Department reads his report, thanks him for his work, and decides, you know what, let's just skip that invasion. Got this great new thing called the nuke. <laughs> what, what happens next? They uh, they decide to use the, the nuke on Japan. Yeah, just um, once, right? Just once. Just once? Just once, but then Japan did not surrender unconditionally. They surrendered with conditions. So we were like, (laughs) maybe another nuke will change your mind. (laughs) Oh my god. Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, that's crazy how, like, they didn't take it. Because, like, I think there, I think they had, like, two, like, fairly reasonable conditions. Like, one was that the emperor had to remain the emperor. I know that. Yeah. The other one, I don't remember. Um, I guess it wasn't, like, reasonable per se, but, like, they needed, like, total domination. Like, I, I feel like it was very tribal for me. Yeah, I mean, I wish we were, like, historians to get a better understanding mm-hmm. of why the second one had to be dropped. For but... sure. Anyways, I don't want to go on another tangent. You know, we're really just coming up with the great podcast ideas tonight. I think the Manhattan Project would also oh, be just yeah. a wonderful, not yeah. wonderful, I guess, but... It's just, <laughs> we're just talking about killing people this episode. We talk about killing people every episode. <laughs> I feel like also, like, Germany and World War Two and, like, Nazis are there always came back up this time. It. This time, I think it was very subtle. They had already surrendered <laughs> and, like... You know, nobody's, um, nobody's doing Why German accents. Why do we accents. always talk about Nazis? You know what's funny? You'll hear my German accent. I will not do a Japanese accent <laughs> for this podcast. No. Or for any reason. That <laughs> <laughs> just doesn't seem prudent. No. Oh my god, no. Um, anyway, you know what happened from here. We, we dropped bombs on Hiroshima and Nagasaki. Um, I believe the final death toll was 120,000 Japanese, uh, casualties. Yeah. Um, so way less than 10 million, so that's nice. Mm-hmm. Um, but also there was the whole nuking a country thing, so that's less nice. Yeah. What's also pretty nice, zero American casualties, so that's pretty cool too. Yay us! Yay us, <laughs> you know. Um, and Japan surrenders unconditionally. Mm. Um, the war ends. Mm-hmm. And Shockley has done his work. It's kind of crazy to think that, like, if he had written something different, maybe history would have gone differently. Especially when we kind of get into, like, this guy and, like, see what he's like. That it kind of rested on one man's shoulders like that. Really? I just don't know if this guy is the guy I would pick, personally. Yeah, he seems a little too sheldony from the big he's a little bang. sheldony for sure from the big bang theory yeah definitely i i don't need sleep i need nuclear weapons <laughs> i need to bomb a country i need to bomb a country <laughs> twice because they didn't surrender the way i wanted them to <laughs> oh god yeah but i feel like sheldon had some like redemption did he i've never seen big bang Theory. oh you uh, love it. I've watched it. I, I've, I've, I mean, I have watched it. Not that I've never seen it. I've watched it and then not enjoyed it. And I've only watched a few episodes. My parents really like it. Yeah. I love your parents. 
<laughs> and they're probably listening. <laughs> yes, hi, Mom. I'm not sure that, um... Well, well look, I, they, they love Pitbulls and Parolis, which uh-huh. I enjoy. You uh-huh. know, that's a great show. Yeah. You know, and I love watching the sort of um, sports compilations of career-ending <laughs> yeah. injuries, which they also like. Yeah. Hey, maybe maybe I should give it a, a, a another shot. Oh, um, Big Bang Theory? Yeah. It's The first couple of seasons are really good. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Well, hey, I'll add it to the list. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so Shockley's back at Bell Labs. The war is over. Um, the war the has dude, just ended. You know that, like, picture? Whenever people talk about World War II ending, I always imagine parades, and then I imagine that one thing of the yeah. guy and the girl kissing, you yeah. know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that happens. Mm-hmm. He's back at Bell Labs. Um, to work on the same problem as when he left. Remember that list that I gave before uh, of all of Bell Labs' inventions, which you guessed a good number of? Yes. Turns out I left off their most impactful one. Which was? Uh, it's Well, it's probably single-handedly responsible for the digital age we live in. There's... Oh, I was going to say vibrator. <laughs> <laughs> How do you know that that's not what it is? <laughs> Continue. <laughs> it is the vibrator. <laughs> Did I ever tell you about uh, one time I was in school? I, I was doing a circuits project one time, and uh, we tried to buy a speaker, and it turns out a vibrator is actually just a speaker, and we didn't realize that we bought a vibrator instead. <laughs> so, like, the, the electronic portion of it anyway. Yeah. So we tried to get our speaker project going and just started vibrating violently. <laughs> when I was talking about vibrator, I was talking about something else. Like the sex toy? Yes. Yeah, I mean, I know. But you were talking about a different vibrator? The se- Well, I mean, a vibrator, like the sex toy, is just like that vibrator, but just with like a dildo attached to it. Okay. Touché. And sometimes there's also <laughs> clitoral stimulation attached. <laughs> <laughs> but that's like an extra 20 bucks. It's a whole it's, thing, man. Is it even worth it? I mean, <laughs> not that I would know, but like I just, I, and I don't even know if the clit's a real thing also. <laughs> so... There's that. Um, oh, yeah. Anyway, the, the the thing I'm talking about, there's millions inside both this laptop and this phone right now, mm-hmm. um, and this watch, which I'm not wearing and is in the other room. Vibrators. Yes. Um, otherwise known as transistors. Mm-hmm. Um, so the transistor is the answer to Shockley's vacuum tube project uh, oh. from before the war. Uh, what it is, is a tiny, tiny piece of silicon, and at the time it was tiny, now it's like microscopic, which is why you got millions inside this MacBook right now. Mm-hmm. Um, it either acts as a switch or as an amplifier for electrical signals. Um, so this is what allows us to build computers, phones, whatever you got. Mm-hmm. Um, Shockley, before any of this happened, was put in charge of a group to make this thing real as soon as he came back. So this chapter of our story will involve jealousy. Ooh. Brilliance, uh, credit, uh, and foolishness. Wow. The three main players are Shockley, mm-hmm. a Bell Labs employee named Walter Bratton, who we actually worked with before the war. Okay. On the same problem, and a new hire named John Bardeen. 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 The name sounds familiar. Um, if you know anything about electronics, he's probably pretty well known. No. Spoiler alert! They're, they're, they're we're telling the story for a reason. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, Valley, we'll tell it for a reason, ladies and gentlemen. Tell it for a reason. <laughs> tell it for a reason. Okay. Right. So, 
Uh, yeah, sure. Okay, I'm flipping this over. We can we can edit out the little bumps probably. Well, yeah. Yeah. Um, if I remember to do that, which I might not. Um. Anyway, uh, let's let's get into the attempts. Attempt number one. Uh, Shockley tries to use an electric field on a semiconductor to make it more or less resistive. So what a semiconductor is, so in electronics, you have a conductor. This is, you know, a lot of metals, um, water, you know, as a conductor, you know, anything yeah. electricity can pass through. Yeah. An insulator, something like rubber, something that electricity cannot pass through. Mm-hmm. A semiconductor, it can kind of pass through it, but it has a hard time. And the reason they're interested in semiconductors is because you can use an electric field to turn up the conductivity or turn it down. So if you expose it to an electric field, you could make it really conductive and then you can pass an electrical signal. Mm -hmm. Or if you remove the electric field, you can make it really non-conductive and then the electric signal can't pass through. So kind of in that way, you can make switches where like there's no moving parts on the switch. All you have to do is create an electric field and then turn it off. Oh, so what's an example of like a semiconductor? Yeah, so silicon is is the oh, main Oh, okay, um, gotcha. So just a tiny piece of silicon on a circuit board and then supply it with an electric field. Um, I don't know how you supply it with an electric field. I don't know if just an electric signal will work. Um, you just wait until it gets really rainy and then... It gets struck by lightning. Yeah, I'm just joking, obviously. That's how that works. No, that's that's science. Um, so, uh, yeah, silicon is the main one, and attempt number one is Shockley tries to basically do what I just described, but it doesn't work, and they can't figure out why it doesn't work, because mm. it theoretically should. Because he's a dumbass. hey Nice. <laughs> Fuck a, this guy. He's a genius. This podcast is over. <laughs> I just failed forever. <laughs> Our last episode, guys. <laughs> no. Yeah. Um... No, that's, that's not what happened. Um, uh, attempt number two, Bardeen jumps in. Mm-hmm. Um, he theorizes maybe it wasn't working because the electric field wasn't actually penetrating the semiconductor. Mm-hmm. Um, Bratton jumps on this idea, and he's like, I think this guy has a real point. They start publishing scientific papers about this stuff. Shockley thinks this is fucking stupid and keeps working on his own version. Mm-hmm. So these guys are supposed to be working for him, They've now kind of started doing their own thing, and instead of sort of rounding the troops back up, he just says, like, fuck you guys. Like, I'm still working on my transistor. Mm-hmm. Okay. Which leads to attempt number three. Bardeen and Bratton add point contacts and electrolytes to the semiconductor, which was meant to counteract the fact that it wasn't penetrating. Oh, and it works. <gasps> and now they just made the transistor. Oh, my Uh-oh. man. Oh, Uh-oh. what is Chocolate going to... He's pissing and shitting himself he's out of anger. He's pissing and shitting himself he's out of anger. He's throwing up because he's so angry. He's throwing up, and then it's landing in the toilet, and then his poop lands on top of the throw up. And then <laughs> it makes a nice little like, sandwich. It's a little disgusting sandwich. Actually, it's <laughs> hilarious that you say the word sandwich. Um, because... Um, We'll, we'll table that. Okay. <laughs> we'll just, it'll come back. The word sandwich will come back, and it's not a poop sandwich. Ah, oh, damn it. I love those. Um, basically, uh, he does get pissed. He gets really fucking pissed. Mm-hmm. And he gets extra pissed when Bell Labs doesn't put his name on the patent. Bro, it wasn't your idea, And you jackass. actively said you that, you know. You literally are just a dick. Right, right. Um, so it's weird, right? Mm-hmm. 
Um, and then, so basically, he says, it, well, instead of congratulating these guys, he decides he's going to double down and try to, if you'll pardon the pun, short-circuit them <sighs> by making a better transistor um, with blackjack and hookers. <laughs> Attempt number four, Shockley creates what is called a junction transistor. Mm-hmm. And it led to a transistor called the sandwich transistor. That's oh my why god, that was I can predict the future, man. You clearly can. Um, but right now we're on the junction. Um, it's easier to manufacture, and it's a lot more commercially viable that way. Mm-hmm. So, so how on. is it different from Brad Brantley and the other Blungus? guy? Blungus. So Brantley and Blungus <laughs> <laughs> made... Basically their own version of the transistor. Mm-hmm. Shockley is pretty much modding his original version so mm-hmm. that it'll, like, well, that's not really true. Because basically they, Brantley and Blungus, <laughs> went off of Shockley's theoretical work. Shockley? Shockley. <laughs> Brantley, Blungus, and Shockley. <laughs> they, um, they went off of his theoretical work to make the real world version. Mm-hmm. Then he adds shit to their version, which is a way better version, oh, that you okay. could almost kind of call its own thing, but per- I mean, he was still basically basing it off their thing, which he had initially denied. You know? Oh, okay. Good. So he's just, like, improving on it, almost? Basically. I mean, he would probably say he was inventing a whole new thing, but... But we would call that improving on it, jackass. But then it's a little more complicated, right? Because he was the one who had the initial idea anyway. Oh, yeah, that's true. Um... And he also led the team to begin with, even though he kind of checked out for the Brantley and Blungus portion. <laughs> yep. Can we just call them Brantley and Blungus for That's the rest of That's their names now. Yeah. <laughs> Brantley and Blungus. <laughs> um, so, uh, let's see. So, he makes his own transistor. Everything's fucking tangled up in terms of credit and who did what and everything. Kind of the strategy that Bell Labs PR goes with, they decide to go public with the invention. And basically, they were like, all three of you invented the transistor, bottom line. Mm-hmm. Shockley needs to be in any picture that includes, quote, the inventors of the transistor. But everybody still needs to get credit. And that's mm-hmm. kind of, you know, it's a PR kind of way to do things, whatever, you know. Yeah. Um, and also, Shockley was the official spokesman of the program because Brantley and Blungus... You know, they're scientist types. They don't really want to engage with the public that much. Yeah. So Shockley is the one doing the speaking tour. Don't you mean Shockerly? Shockerly, sorry. <laughs> it's funny, Shockerly. Yeah, like, it, it, this is why I like it. It's, it's, it's a, a good, good one. one. It's a good one. It's a good one. Okay. Um, so he's going around doing the speaking tour. Um, to be fair, um, I did read a bunch of times when reporters would be like, you were the sole guy who did this. <gasps> and he was like, no, Brantley and Blungus. Oh. I couldn't have done anything without those guys. Interesting. So it's kind of funny because he has this outward, he's very much giving credit, like mm-hmm. totally. But internally, you can tell he doesn't necessarily really think that. Oh, maybe he's just putting on a good face for the public. He is, and, and he and- should be doing that. And inside, he's shitting and pissing himself because he's so upset. And flowing up. Mommy, I flowed up. That's what he told his mom. That's And she told him... I got him, angry and I flowed up. Well, you know, he should... Brantley he should. and Blungus improved on my idea and I flowed up, Mommy. Beep, beep, boo, boo. Can you 
help clean up my full up. <laughs> so it, he basically does the professional equivalent of that. <laughs> so he gives them credit, but he also now has tons of clout at Bell, and mm-hmm. he basically blocks them from ever working oh, with the transistor again. <laughs> that fucking dickhead. But not like it was some huge loss because Brantley, who's Bratton, Mm-hmm. Um, decides that, like, fuck this guy, I'm going to a new team, I'm never working with this guy again. Yeah. So he gets himself transferred away. Mm-hmm. Blungus, Bardeen, <laughs> decides that, fuck this shit, I'm quitting totally. Uh, so he just fucks off. I think he does research on, like, superconductors for the rest of his life. Good for him. Yeah. yeah. Um, Shockley... Shockerly, mm-hmm. stays at Bell until 1953 when he decides to take a job at Caltech. Um, mm. I think he was a professor. I was about to say, I hope he wasn't a professor. I think he was a professor. No. Later on, he starts working at Stanford, where we just visited. Mm-hmm. Um, and apparently he was an amazing professor. Apparently he was what? very good at explaining things. That's so surprising considering yeah, he's yeah. a dick. <laughs> I read that and I was like, this makes no sense. But apparently he was a great professor. Damn. Yeah. Okay. That makes no sense to me either. What if he paid someone off to say that? To, or. I have no clue. Very well could have. Were these multiple people that said that he was a good professor? I or just read it... one source that said that. Well, he could have paid them off. He could have been like, I need to, you know, I need to look good. It's possible. It's in, it's entirely possible. Yeah. Couldn't tell you. Mm. Um, in 1956, Shockerly, Brantley, mm-hmm. and Blungus <laughs> are all awarded the Nobel Prize. Hell Yeah. Pretty awkward award ceremony, <laughs> yeah. probably. It's like I'm not really sure. Like, uh, uh, it's like, hey guys. Remember that time I was like a total dick to yeah. you, Brantley and Blungus, and they were probably like, yeah. we've got better things to do than yeah, waste probably. our time talking to you. They probably, uh, um, what do you call it? Turned up their noses? Is that is that a phrase that people use? Yeah, I I guess I don't I don't know. <laughs> a, I, I think they probably turned up their noses at at Brantley or at um Shockerly. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna drop the Shockerly bit just because that word will come up so many times. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't want it. It's it's an extra cognitive layer. Let's just call him William. But, or William. Bill. You know, weirdly, I was reading some stuff. I found one source that said Bill Shockley, and I found no other sources that said Bill. <laughs> And I was like, did they just make that up or something? Because, like, Bill Shockley is so much more of a ring to it, you know? Yeah, what if one of them was like, eh, don't want to call him Willie, let's call him Billy! Hey, it's it's fucking, fucking Billy! Billy! Hey, Billy! Hey, hey Billy! Clap on the back, you know? <laughs> yeah. Hey, Billy! You Go did... get some of the fucking gravy! <laughs> you did the trans... the transmitter thing, the hey, trans- Billy! Trans- Middle thing on the fucking circuit board. <laughs> okay, Bill, we're gonna just call you Bill from now on. He's just, uh, yeah. And he's just like, what the fuck? I have a Nobel Prize. Can I know, you like, leave I don't need alone? to deal with this. Like, uh, please fuck off. Yeah. Speaking of, um, he actually post Nobel Prize. Apparently, all that was his filtered version. <laughs> What? So he lost the filter when he got the Nobel Prize and decided to unleash his true personality. Oh, God. I'm I'm shocked. Uh, (laughs) I thought it was funny. I liked it. Um, It is a good name. Have you ever heard of nominative determinism? No. So it's sort of the theory that if you're named a certain thing, Mm -hmm. then 
you're you will naturally gravitate towards it. So if your name is Will Shockley, then you might be more of an electronics guy. Oh, um, I heard that some like in the like way way back, people would name their kids like, and I'm I'm joking a little bit here like doctor no yeah (laughs) Yeah, like stuff like that for sure people do that today chance the rapper his real name is chancellor oh so if he ever ends up like chancellor palpatine yeah how that happened and wasn't elon it doesn't elon mean like uh yeah well i don't know what elon means but there's a book. Do you know about this? Yeah, you told me about it. Yeah, the book where the Elon of Mars is like <laughs> the king of Mars, which makes... This book was written in 1950, like, something, so I don't understand I that. I have to think, like, his dad or someone read that, and he and he was like, I have to name my son this. You know, I know way too much about Elon Musk's dad. <laughs> Weirdly, <laughs> don't I'm ask ashamed. me why. I'm ashamed of how much I know about Elon Musk's dad, which is just like any amount like mm-hmm. that but apparently he's not a giant fan of spacex yeah well he's also an asshole apparently apparently i uh, i just remembered reading wikipedia about elon musk one time and it was like family section and mm-hmm. it was like elon musk has referred to his dad as quote a terrible person <laughs> oh my god just, oh man yeah <laughs> but apparently he has a great relationship with his mom yeah maybe that explains why he has like mommy <laughs> he definitely does he's proving he's, something yeah he, all of his wives i guess except for his latest beau um who he has a, a two kids two apparently. kids they're yeah, y grimes. as well as x yeah like all of his wives <laughs> and previous partners before grimes look almost exactly like his mom they do and that's really fucking <laughs> weird. So weird like they're all like very tall beautiful mm-hmm. blonde hair like blue eyes kind of thing right. and his mom was very tall fair you know beautiful blue 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 hair and blonde eyes <laughs> <laughs> you know to be 100 percent fair his mom is kind of a gilf a little I know. bit right? I, I kind of what she was on like the cover of um some swimsuit magazine uh-huh. or something like that and i was like she could get it. Okay, okay, go, go, girl. Queen, yes. <laughs> Queen Slay. Slay, for sure. No. Okay, but what does that say about us? Like, your last name is Jabroni. It is Jabroni, so I'm destined to be an Italian, I think. <laughs> and my last name is Close. You are a very, you're very close to me <laughs> right now, physically. Like, we're sitting very close to each other. No, we're, we have a, a fair amount of distance between us. <laughs> like, is this emotional distance? <laughs> yeah, I don't love you anymore. <laughs> uh, as a podcast host? Yeah. Or, or platonically. Um, the best example I ever heard, actually, was um, was Chet Hanks and his brother Colin. Mm-hmm. Chet looks exact... Or is it Chet? It's, Ch- it's, Ch- it's Chet, my man, or... He's, like, really into Jamaican culture. He's, like, Joe Biden, or no, no, no. it was, remember, like, it was, like, uh, I, I, there's a video, do you know what I'm talking about? Where, I do, yeah. Uh, it's, like, Donald Trump was the president. It's, like, psych! <laughs> and then he just goes into Pussy clad. <laughs> no, no, bomba clad. Oh, but I thought he said pussy clad. He definitely said pussy as well, for sure. Yeah, he's, like, going into this whole thing, like, we, need, like to, we need to respect and... Right. Psych! <laughs> It's really good. I think I'm like the one person on earth who unironically loves Chet Hanks. I kind of love him. 
like, I, he's definitely a dumbass for sure, but, like, he's, like, the kind of guy you can just crack a beer with that's, like, do the Jamaican accent, bro. No, we're not going to tell anybody. Yeah, he had this interview with um, Channel 5 News, which is, like, mm-hmm. kind of like a... Is this the BBC? No, no, no. No, that's a different thing. Um, this is, like, an off-grid kind of Andrew Callahan. He, like, just mm-hmm. goes to, like, the weirdest places in America. Mm-hmm. And he had an interview with Chet, and... Um, he, Chet kind of came off a little bit, like, in my opinion, kind of, like, odd, like, a little bit, a little douchey towards, like, one part of the interview where he was getting a haircut and the guy cutting his hair is like, hey, uh, your dad's Tom Hanks, tell him, tell him about us and, you know, if he, if he's in the area, uh, send him to us. And Chet was like, yeah, sure. And then he, like, turns to Andrew, and he's like, I will never fucking tell my dad about... That's mean. That's mean thing He said something along the lines of that. Maybe he was trying to be funny or something. He seemed really serious. So he was getting a haircut during the interview, or...? No, it was before the interview. He got, like, a haircut, and then... So I it guess came up during the interview. It came up during the oh, interview. Oh, I see. Yeah, okay. they were talking about his past, like, growing up with right. a famous uh, father. Yeah, you know, I think probably Chet has a few rough edges. You know, he definitely... Yeah. And, and it's probably because he grew up in Tom's shadow, you know? Because, mm. like, Tom is, like... Is, like, I mean, God tier, obviously, you know? So, yeah. like, what do you do? Like, you, you almost have to have kind of, like, a shtick at that point, you know? Yeah, I guess I... Yeah, I, I mean... I don't, I really don't know what I would do if my father was Tom Hanks. I feel like Chet seems, like, pretty, at least somewhat there. Sure. Considering his dad is Tom Hanks. <laughs> Can I tell you about someone who is entirely there, despite the fact his dad is Tom Hanks? Colin Hanks. Colin Hanks. Yes. The number one case for nominative determinism, because Chet looks exactly like a Chet. Yeah. And Colin <laughs> looks so much like a fucking Colin. Like, uh, he's the most Colin Colin I think I've ever seen. I know. Yeah, he does look, <laughs> yeah, he does look exactly like a Colin Hanks. <laughs> I feel like for us, we're fairly atypical. Like, I feel like you're not a very Anna-ish Anna, and I don't think I'm <laughs> yeah. that polish of a Paul. Yeah, well, I think... Like, before you grew out the hair and the beard, um... I was pretty Paulish. I wouldn't say me. I wouldn't say Paul, but, like, if you were 30 years older, <laughs> I'd be like... Three or 30? 30 years older. 30, yeah, okay. So, like, in your 50s or 60s, yeah. I'd be like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. That, yeah. <laughs> and I feel like if I was born in Russia or Czechoslovakia... Right. And my name was Anna... Right. That would make sense. See, you strike me as an Anna... You really, like, I, I feel like you're a spot-on Anna. That's not my name, though. No, it isn't, but I'm just saying, like, you know, if... <laughs> Came if off so bitchy. <laughs> well, I mean, hey, maybe it's justified. I don't know, you know? It's not my name, asshole. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're enjoying these Asloha IPAs a little too much. Yeah. Dude, you know what we should do? We should get sponsored by some alcohol, and they, then... They have that. They have that? Yeah, okay. there's, like, a wine, pers- like, not prescription. <laughs> I wish there was <laughs> I need a, a wine, wine prescription. <laughs> There's like a wine subscription. I don't remember the name, but we only have four. Winebox.com. Yes. Is that I, it? I think Is it, it really called be. that? I think I just pulled that out of my ass. Oh. Well, it's okay. it definitely has wine in it, and I don't know if it has box, but it it has wine. Imagine like a case, like a wooden crate of wine or something. Yeah. I'd have to figure that out, but we only have 42 listeners, so I don't think. Hey, we don't need to spill the numbers, you know. We only have 42 million listeners. That's um, offensive, number one. 
What? Number two, <laughs> uh, it's it's a gross underestimate. Okay. I think. That's we my only guess. have 42 billion I listeners. Like, you know, for episode three, 42 listeners is pretty good. That's fair. I think so. Yeah, let's go. Let's yeah. go, Jabroni. Yeah, Queen. All right, anyway, nominative determinism aside. Yeah, we went on a tangent. We did. That was a long <laughs> tangent. Um, and what's even longer of a tangent is how after he gets the Nobel, Shockley starts to unleash, let's say, um, some of the inner paranoia that his parents impressed upon him during his childhood. Oh, we're changing the tone real quick. Yeah, and I and I don't mean to make it too dark. You're gonna hear a really fucking bad shit story pretty soon here, so that'll oh hopefully liven it up a little bit. <laughs> um, but he starts getting bothered by things that never really bothered him before, you know, mm-hmm. or maybe they did, but he kept the lid on it, you know. He had a lot of stressors, right? Mm-hmm. Coming out of the credit battle, his mom is very sick at the time. Probably why he took the job at Caltech. She lives in in Palo Alto still, so he's trying to be closer to her, you know. Yeah. Um. But he decides, and this is voluntary, that he's about to get his own, another huge dose of stress because he leaves Caltech to found Shockley Semiconductor. No. No. So this was the first silicon lab in an area of the country that would eventually become known as Silicon Valley. Dun, dun, dun. Kind of a trendsetter. Um, some people even call him the father of Silicon Valley because mm. he was kind of the first guy on the scene. Mm-hmm. Um, from day one, like many founders, Shockley was mercurial, easily provoked, and easily stressed. The classic entitled tech bro. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, the classic entitled tech bro. Um, the aforementioned story. So one day, this is kind of an example, right? He comes in, this is mid-1950s, I think. Post, um, I think probably 57, this is post-Nobel Prize. Mm-hmm. He walks into the office, um, secretary's sitting at the desk, you know, it's this is like the 50s, so it's like clacking away on the typewriter yeah. probably or whatever. Yeah, exactly. He says, hey, how you doing? She's like, hi there, Mr. Shockley, I'm doing well, thank you. <laughs> he starts going to the office when he sees the secretary has a tiny, tiny cut. It doesn't say where, I assume it's like on her arm or something. Yeah. Maybe it's like a paper cut. Could be a paper cut. It's probably... I'm pretty sure I have... Like, I have a cut on my arm right now. Yeah, like, yeah. Stuff happens, right? I like to lick the blood. <laughs> that might get cut. Yeah. <laughs> that might become a cut. <laughs> um, Shockley sees this and just flips the fuck out. He's just like, oh. what the fuck happened? And she's like, oh, this? It's nothing. It's just a tiny <laughs> cut. You're ignorant. You're ignorant. <laughs> That's how I got my cut. <laughs> so, so, Michael Jackson. <laughs> it was Michael Jackson. That was the secretary. <laughs> 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 um, he had like the cut, which is like from when the he got lit on fire. Um, you know, I didn't realize how much of Michael Jackson's like appearance was actually his own doing. I, I had no clue, but a lot of it was plastic surgery. You didn't. You I had didn't no clue. Know that. I thought he just had horrible burns, and then he tried to like reconstruct stuff, and it didn't really work. No, it was just plastic surgery. Tons of it was, yeah. No, no. Yeah. yeah, like his his dad, um, apparently like made fun of his nose or something mm-hmm. when he was really young, and so he's self conscious. Yeah. And then I guess once you start like that first, you just get like a no, like it a is tip. yeah. Like I need, I need to change this. I need yeah. to change that. Just don't start. Yeah, he was very 
uh, genius in his own right. Right. That's all I'm going to say. He was a genius at molesting children. Okay, <laughs> moving on. And getting away with it, kind of. Yeah. Anyway, um, <laughs> instead of instead of uh, taking the secretary at his word, or her word, probably, most yeah. likely. It didn't actually specify the gender. I assumed it was a woman. Wow, you fucking sexist. Kind of, I mean, for the 50s, I mean, hey, I don't know. Could be. It was most likely a, a most female. Most likely, I would think. It was dirty female. <laughs> um, not really sure what to do with that. God, I fucking hate women. Oh boy, this uh, this is not gonna get I'm past. Going the... to my rampage of hating women. Oh boy, oh boy. No, I'm well, just kidding. Obviously. You know, um, I like to think that Shockley felt the same way, <laughs> although I don't actually know. Um. Instead, and actually maybe this story is evidence against that, because instead of taking her at her word, he goes what I like to call ape mode. Um, <laughs> so he blasts out a message to everybody at the fucking company, and he's like, whoever cut our secretary needs to come the fuck forward right now. <laughs> oh, I thought when he said ape mode, he just started throwing <laughs> shit everywhere. Throwing shit around? That would have been awesome. That, that would have turned the story from something horrible to something amazing. <laughs> Okay, um, continue. Well, what really happens is everyone's just like, bro, it, it's a tiny cut. What are you talking about? Yeah. And then he's like, okay, nobody wants to spill the beans, huh? <laughs> beans. Bring out the lie detectors. <laughs> Wait, was he really? Dead serious. He's going on this, like, crazy rant about it. He's going to, like, polygraph everyone <laughs> until the <laughs> culprit is found. Um... It never says how that story resolved. <laughs> so for all I know, everybody just kind of dispersed and, like, didn't pay any attention. Okay. Uh, I I really tried to find how it ended, but nobody ever ever said. that This was just given as an example of his batshit behavior. Was um, there, like, a description, like, how big the cut was? Or it, was it... I, my impression was quite a small cut. I mean, it's probably not bigger than this tiny cut on my arm. Yeah, right and now. that's, like, less than an inch. That's, that's like... yeah, I mean, it's not even... It's, like, maybe yeah. half an inch, three quarters or something like that, you know? Yeah, that, I mean, like... Not even deep, either, you know? You know, like, I get, I get, you know, like, paper cuts all the time, you probably, know? Probably, I mean, she's a secretary, you know? So she's she doing probably some had shit like something, that. yeah. Regardless, you know, um, this is really erratic behavior, and, um, in late yeah. 1957, this wasn't even a year after he got the Nobel, mm-hmm. a bunch of the employees go to Shockley's co-founder. So this is kind of the business side. Shockley was the technical. Yeah. Arnold Beckman was the financial and kind of business uh, guy. Arnold. Arnold Schwarzenegger. Arnold. I don't know why that was French. <laughs> that, that sounded so French. It was like French, but like, like, uh, not... Oh, really bad French. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Arnold Schwarzenegger. Arnold Beckman. <laughs> that was good. Thank you. <laughs> Where is um Beavis and Butthead this whole time? <laughs> Beavis and Butthead are a thought in the mind of Mike Judge, <laughs> who has probably not even been conceived at this point because it's 1957. Okay. Um, they're off at doing better, bigger and better things, so they yeah. kind of disappear after the Nobel, mostly just because who wants to work with this guy? Okay? Yeah, like, they want to actually enjoy their lives. They do, I, and I can confirm they're not coming back into the story. Okay. That, was, that was all. For so, um, Blongus and Blong, Blongus are gone. I will say, I noticed that Beckman, his name is also a B-name, so I don't mm-hmm. know if he had a thing for working with B-name people. Mm-hmm. Um, another person, John Clive, was mentioned before, but that's a C-name, obviously. Yeah, not anymore. It's John Blythe. Blythe. <laughs> 
Blythe with a TH is a name, actually. Yeah. Um, so he needs to change that. Anyway, um, a bunch of the employees go to Arnold Beckman, and they tell him that they are done working with this guy. This guy is yeah. gone too far. Know your worth, kings and queens. I think it was mostly kings. There was also a Jean in there, G-E-A-N, who I assumed was a queen. Um, yeah. Hoping so, anyway. You yes. Know, we, we hope. We yeah. stand, anyway. Um, so not only is, is Shockley going on all these crazy rants, Shockley actually just announced that they're not going to work on silicon semiconductors anymore. He wants to do research into other stuff, which is fucking insanity because silicon in 1957 is a fucking gold mine these guys Mm -hmm. are insanely ahead of the curve nobody curve nobody nobody understands semiconductors the way shockley semiconductor did at this time and for them to like pivot like this is beyond crazy so they should absolutely not have done this and it was already really hard to work there and that was like the one reason people were working there anyway right yeah so it's like you know, Bitcoin is at its, well, not at its peak, 2010 but it's like... or whatever, you know? Yeah, then it's like, yeah. we're just going to do Dogecoin We're going to do Doge, exactly. <laughs> Which is definitely the better long-term play. This is financial advice. <laughs> but, <We're>, like, <laughs> welcome to our new, pod, new, yes. new podcast. We're fin- rebranding it halfway fin- through. <laughs> financial advice with Anna and Paul. Cheers. We are liable for your losses. <laughs> that's, our, that's our competitive <laughs> advantage. <laughs> No, don't invest in Dogecoin then. Um, I think that you should do whatever you want. With you your know? with your money, with your hard earned money. Yeah. We had a good buddy who made plenty of money off Dogecoin. Yeah. Um, and I I actually made five dollars as well. Holy shit. So about to retire, to my <laughs> private island. Anyway, um, Beckman decides to strike a compromise. Um, he says, you guys are going to get a new manager, but Shockley will remain the director of the lab. So he's still going to run the high level, mm-hmm. but you guys won't have to deal with him on a day-to-day basis. Mm-hmm. The employees say, no. <laughs> <laughs> and then they just leave. The so way you gone. said that. <laughs> just... No. <laughs> <laughs> I was imagining the Bugs Bunny meme where it was like, best I can do is guillotine. <laughs> if you've ever seen that meme, I'm not sure. Yeah. It was like Jeff Bezos. I don't Anyway. Best I can do is still a toxic workplace. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Um, so they leave. They, they eventually become known as the Traitorous Eight. <laughs> That's their name. Uh, both ironically and unironically oh. by Shockley. Oh my god. Um, these folks walk out the door, immediately get, I believe it was $1.3 million in funding from people because they were, like, the top-of-the-line people. Oh, They found yeah. a company called Fairchild Semiconductor, which I don't know if you've ever heard of them, um, but the RF mm. people I used to work with, like, like get down on their knees for these guys. Like, Fairchild Semiconductor is, is top-of-the-line top, RF shit. Top, yeah. And we actually had shit that Fairchild Semiconductor made at my old job that we were still using in the really? year of our Lord 2021. <laughs> um, like, actually. So, wow. like, their so shit... They've, they've been a lot. They've been... Yes. They just got acquired, I believe, in 2015 for billions. Um, a bunch of them went on to found Intel as well, and obviously Intel isn't everything. Um, yeah. 
Um, I was just clicking around some of these guys. The one I clicked on, um, Morse, uh, if you, or sorry, Moore, uh, uh, if you ever heard of Moore's Law, the transistor is doubling every every 10 years thing. Mm, I can't say I have. It's an electronics thing, but that guy is one of these guys, and he's worth, I think, $12.3 billion, um, when I was checking. So, mm. and that's comparable across this whole group, so. That's fascinating. Well, good for them, you know? They yes. They were like... You know, I mean, I don't, I don't know what kind of workplace uh, Shockley was, you know, pr- producing as a, as head of this company. But if he freaks out <laughs> over like a single yeah. cut for his secretary, I can't imagine it was very, you know. No, yeah, I mean, busting out the lie detectors—that's a, that's a crazy move. Yeah. Yeah. Well, good for them. Yeah. King, kings. Kings supporting kings and, and queens supporting yes. queens and queens and kings support... And princes. Princes. And who are their children who are definitely going to go inside <laughs> of the mill that are nice and the trust fund gets in a little faster. I was surprised mm-hmm. this guy is still alive because he's like 94 now because obviously this was all taking place in the 50s. Yeah. Moore is who I'm talking about. Mm. And I was like, think of like his son who's like probably like 70 or whatever, right? Yeah. He's like, please fucking die already. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like... I need that money. Yeah. Please, Daddy. <laughs> Just fucking croak. <laughs> um, and that sort of acerbic attitude um, towards one, towards people who you're close to. Yeah. Is something Shockley shared. Yeah. Before we forget yeah. kings and queens and princes and princesses, we can't forget the duchess. Tons of duchesses, and but yeah. there's only one I'm really particular towards. That's River. River's my favorite duchess. She is elegant and regal. I agree. She farted also. Did she? Okay. I, I, I got a waft of it and I was like, oh God. I like your one to talk. I'd like to remind you before this podcast recording began. Oh, no. You unleashed um, probably something comparable Hell-fury. to what Shockley was uh, advocating that we drop on Japan. <laughs> So, um... It's almost as dangerous as a mustard gas. <laughs> it was worse, actually. Would you mind handing me the other IPA? Yeah. Um, this is, this is real-time podcasting, folks, and, and we're just, we're just, uh, and, and just for the... We're just having fun talking about engineering. Mm-hmm. This is one of my favorite topics, actually. I, I was really enjoying uh, researching this. Yeah. Um, so, ironically, these... People and this is maybe where the story gets a little sadder and a little less whimsical. Mm-hmm. These people basically lived Shockley's dream, um, so they did the cutting edge innovation in electronics. You know, Fairchild Semiconductor, Legendary, Intel goes without saying. You know, mm-hmm. um, and they also made gigantic fortunes doing so. I read they made the, it was the largest um, uh, transfer of wealth to individuals since the 17th century that this happened because of all this. What, and, yeah. what was in the 17th century that was the largest? Remember. It was like some trade thing, I think. Oh. I, I wish I had taken better note, but it was I, I just scanned by that, but I remember just being impressed. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. That's mm. amazing. Insane. And, um, and, you know, ironically, they did so making the types of semiconductors that Shockley fought so hard to create when he was at Bell and then mm-hmm. just weirdly kind of inexplicably, I never found an explanation for this, why he just like wanted to 180 the company all of a sudden. That um, does seem a bit odd. I don't get that. And and I, I did tons of research trying to figure that out and I, I still couldn't. Do you think w- when we watched A Beautiful Mind, well, he was in his 
40s, wasn't he? Shockley? Yeah. Yeah, about, I think. Well, I don't know. I'm not a psychologist. I I never took a class in any of this, so I, I'm not familiar with, like, like, uh, like, paranoia or anything, but, like, maybe he thought, like, he was, like, a big shot and he had to, like, divert the right. company to keep yeah. secrets or something. Like, he was just very paranoid. I, I don't I have, know. Well, I've heard of, like... This isn't really the same situation, but I've heard of CEOs, like, in companies when they first start up, they mm-hmm. feel pressure to make big changes that their predecessor didn't do so that they can, like, establish oh. themselves as, like, a new person. But, like, often that ends up being counterproductive because, like, it doesn't really it yeah. accomplish anything, you know? But was there a predece- predecessor to this company before? This dude was so the he, founder, no. I mean, so, I mean, I guess that can still be it. applied to him. He was probably feeling a lot of pressure and didn't understand... Because he wasn't, like, a real human, <laughs> that this was, like, already the cutting edge, in a way. I guess my, yeah, I that might be kind of what it is. Like, he was so used to not listening to other people that, like, yeah. then he was like, no, now that everyone agrees with me, now I need to change or something, you know? Mm-hmm. I don't yeah. know. That's a total guess. Yeah. I feel like if you, like... I mean, some semiconductors, even now, if you, like, walked out and, and like, talked to someone, like, do you know what semiconductors are? Right. Everyone would say no. Yeah, no, agreed. Like, imagine that in the 1950s. I know, when this doesn't even really exist yet. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I don't, he just sounds like, you know, like a guy that's kind of full of himself, and he's like... Definitely, for I, sure. I need to be on top of the top, kind of thing. And, and yeah, we'll definitely see that, for sure, and that's... Yeah. That's going to come really through um, pretty soon here. Um, I, I am reminded weirdly of a quote I heard from, of all people, Saddam Hussein. Um, no. Which was, he said, when I have to make a big decision, I ask my advisors what I should do. Then I tell them I'm going to make that a certain decision. Then I privately tell myself I'm going to make another decision. Then I make a decision that's totally different from both of the decisions. <laughs> Can we not quote Saddam Hussein? <laughs> I, I just think there might be a link here. Can we maybe quote, let's just like do like William Shakespeare or something. Like, you William know. Shakespeare once said, what, you egg? <laughs> <laughs> William Shakespeare once said, fuck bitches get money. <laughs> yes. Oh, I missed it. I was going to say that, um... These guys did coke off strippers' tits. <laughs> we should, Damn it. Maybe we shouldn't make that a reoccurring thing. Oh my god, I'm hitting the play. Um, sorry, I accidentally played the video right there. Oh no. Um, but yes, no, I fully agree. Um, maybe we shouldn't. Alternatively. <laughs> Um, anyway, okay, so basically this puts Shockley Semiconductor on the quick road to acquisition at this point. They've lost all their people. Their new direction sucks. Shockley is basically managing the company, but also is pretty much dead in the water, so he needs a new gig. Mm-hmm. So he decides to start teaching at Stanford. Mm-hmm. Great gig. And eventually his company basically just kind of goes away. So it's Damn. acquired so many times that... It's, like, bought and sold and bought and sold, and eventually it just kind of, like, it's it's assimilated into another company, and, and it, basically no trace of it remains. Mm-hmm. This hits Shockley very hard. Um, there's definitely tons of jealousy and resentment towards the, quote, traitorous eight. Um, Shockley's mental health starts taking a turn for the worse, and... 
perhaps if this was ever going to happen in his life, it would happen now. He starts getting into, like, fringe kind of ideas. And mm. this is kind of the opinions I was talking about before. Um, just kind of a caveat. Up until this point, Shockley has been kind of a dick. I haven't been no. uncomfortable personally to relate any of his antics. Mm-hmm. That's about to change. No. And so I'm not going to give that much detail. It, just because some of the stuff I feel like is neither funny nor really worth talking about in that much detail. Mm-hmm. Basically, Shockley, to put it succinctly, becomes interested in eugenics <gasps> at Stanford. No. And he's doing all this kind of fringe research. Um, suffice it to say, he finds certain racial groups genetically inferior. He proposed that folks with IQs below 100 be paid to undergo uh, voluntary sterilization. <gasps> um, he donated his own sperm to a specific sperm bank that was supposed to be the best genes like humanity. Just like, of course, his genes, you know, are like the ones you would want to save, you know? Yeah. Um, I, I have to imagine there's something of like, you know, he sees people getting rich uh, doing kind of his stuff, but he considers himself their intellectual superior, and there's, like, resentment there, and, like, oh, like no. this is often really hard for really smart but also really incompetent people where they get just pissed that other people are doing well in life, and they're not because they know they're smarter than other people, but they yeah. can't make it work because they of like, character articulate. flaws. They can't articulate, or maybe they're just not nice people, you know, or yeah. which it doesn't sound like he was. Um... I have uh, read some stuff that suggests that Shockley wasn't actually racist and he was just bad at articulating his ideas. Uh, I think this is probably untrue, um, yeah, personally. Like if you're into eugenics... I know, like, what do you... I mean... Automatically, like, you're a piece of shit. Like, it's, it's, it's hard, yeah. Like, fuck you. Yeah, and... You know, his mental health is at this point where it's like... It, it's hard to untangle, like, probably these ideas were so appealing to him because he was at such a state in life, you know? Yeah. So, that I mean, that's probably the explanation. It's not an excuse, but it's it's probably... that That's what I guess is going on here. I don't know. I feel like, what, he's in his, like, 50s, 40s, at 50s? At this point, yeah, about so. Um, you're mature enough to... And, well, this was the I 60s. I promise you, he's not mature enough. Like, <laughs> okay, then... <laughs> his, his mentality is, is not like that. Oh. Shock, shock, man, shock. Shock, Shockerly, bro. You, you didn't have me this whole time, and now you (laughs) definitely don't have me. Small vestiges. I Um, kind of felt for him because his parents were like, I know, weird and fringe type. Now I don't. (laughs) At some point, you do have to take responsibility for your own actions. Now is about a good time to hold him accountable. Oh my God, no, don't. Um, Weirdly. He also ran for the Senate in 1982 on mm. this platform of, like, these kinds of views. I only mention this because he got 8,000 votes, which <gasps> seems way too fucking high for fucking California. California? He was in Palo Alto, you know? Eight oh. votes is too high. That's a lot. For, you know? So, um, I just wanted to mention that just because I thought that was fucking bonkers. That is, that is insane. Do you know any information on the other people that were running? Like, how many votes no, they got? No, I, I or... think he placed, like, eighth or something. I mean, it was, he wasn't close, but it was just... Oh, okay. believe he got 0.37% of the vote, which still seems fucking really high. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess yeah. the 80s and everything, but, like, still, you know? No, no. I mean, like, this is after, like, 
the like the civil rights and everything know, yeah, right? and like the uh, that's still California. I know. Really. Really odd. But well, I mean to be fair, Cal, you know. Yeah, to be fair, like like Northern California has like not uh what is that really one weird town up in Redding. Yes. Yeah. That's no, that's more liberal. That's not conservative. Isn't it? I thought Redding was conservative. It might be. Anything that I mean, this is the eighties, so like that's forty years ago, you know. But yeah. still, I guess these things. Country towns probably doesn't change. You're probably right. Yeah, I guess. I mean, whichever state you're in, the country is still the country. You might be thinking of Reno, but that's in Nevada. Yeah. Also, apparently, well, I don't know what it was like in the eighties, but Orange County, fucking insane. I've heard it's really conservative. Super conservative. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. that's really surprising. Yeah. Yeah. Not that, I mean, look, as long as it's not, like, shit like this, I have no problem with people being conservative, you know, that's just their viewpoint. Yeah. Um, yeah, 8,000 8, is still too high. It's a lot of, for, like, like, something that's literally, like, a eugenics platform, you, you know? You know better. Yeah, you know better. <laughs> Do better. Be better. Be best. Be best. Yeah. <laughs> as Melania Trump would oh, say. I love be best. <laughs> My favorite um, woman. <laughs> you know, she, um, she is hot. What? <laughs> anyway, <laughs> to kind of um, close this out, <laughs> um, it's worth mentioning that Shockley apparently generally was quite unhappy in his life. Thank um, God. <laughs> even before the whole, you know, he got truly kind of fringe. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, we haven't really gotten into his love life. <laughs> shit <laughs> we probably shouldn't get the too deep into it i kind of want to get too deep into it <laughs> he uh he, he got married um he had a kid um <laughs> this won't improve your opinion of him oh no his wife got cancer <laughs> and he divorced her while she was recovering <laughs> so that wasn't very nice of him no apparently he was taking care of her and then when it looked like she was gonna recover then he pulled the trigger wow good for him <laughs> This was like mid battle with Brantley and Blungus, uh, the credit battle. Um, you know, a few years later, he remarried, mm. and that marriage lasted uh, the rest of their lives. Great. I feel so bad for her. <laughs> yeah, the original one felt kind of like a shotgun wedding. Like she got pregnant, and then and then I think they just got married after that. I don't think there was that much love. Okay. Um. Yeah, but yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure what his second wife saw in him. Like she apparently she was loyal till the end, and she was. We'll get into it, but she was one of the few people at his funeral. Actually, um, did not have a very packed funeral, as you could imagine. Wow, Kinda so crazy. surprised. Um, apparently the the word that um oh and I'm sorry uh his later marriage um they had another two children mm-hmm. um so he had three total um. The word that I saw uh, actually crop up repeatedly to describe his relationship with his children was cruel. (laughs) So um, he was quoted as saying that because his first wife, um, the mother of his first child, didn't have as high as an academic prestige as he had, his children, quote, represent a very significant regression, which is language taken from his kind of eugenics theories. I hate him. I it, hate him so much. It's not a nice thing to say, you That's know? your child. That's your child who got... His son got a PhD at Stanford. His daughter <laughs> did a degree at Radcliffe, <laughs> which was like the female Harvard. Uh-huh. Um, 
And uh, when Chalkley died in 1989, uh, apparently his children read about it in the paper, and that's <gasps> how they learned about it. Yeah. Oh, um, my God. So that's tough. Oh, you only got a PhD at Stanford? That's not good enough. Not good enough. <laughs> Go invent the transistor. <laughs> that's horrible. Mm. That is, okay. Awful thing to say. Um, My guess is that Shockley suffered from some kind of undiagnosed mental health issues. Mm-hmm. I think that's fairly obvious. He was obviously obsessed by a need to prove himself. Um, once he does, I mean, you get the Nobel Prize. Like, what do you, you know, it's still not enough, you know? So, like, what what does that mean? Like, how are you going to top that at that point? You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so then he pushes the burden onto his children, you know, and starts latching onto these crackpot theories. And... I've also I also read he played Russian roulette at one point. So like oh, I don't yeah. think there's that much stability, you know. I think yeah, I think maybe after well, he kind of just sounds like a dick the whole way through. I mean, and and it, it sounds like the lid is kind of coming off as he gets yeah, more prestige. Yeah, it's like I mean, he really didn't have that much of a chance being homeschooled. I know that alone. That'll sink a man. <laughs> like that. That alone is is enough. <laughs> and then on top of that, you know, having parents that are moving you around constantly, and already you're super yeah. smart, and um, yeah, it just seems like he really didn't have a chance to kind of develop any kind of empathy for human beings. For sure. Yeah, it sounds really like he's not seeing people as people. And then when he peaked at like what like 40 around that time with the yeah. Nobel Prize that like you said the the metaphorical lid kind of came off yeah. and um I still feel like uh maybe just even if the metaphorical lid comes off and like you're mentally unwell and you know you're playing Russian roulette uh don't be racist. That's, like, don't yeah. don't get into eugenics. At least don't... Maybe don't play the eugenics card. Yeah. <laughs> you know? um, it's awful, like, that he said that about his kids because they literally got PhDs in our And the word regression is directly tied to eugenics. Like, that's, oh, that's a word they use. Yeah, he just... It just seemed like he already didn't have all his wires connected and then... <laughs> more, uh, more circuitry uh, yeah. kind of talk. <laughs> and then... Once he was like, it's almost like, like he was reaffirmed that his behavior was okay because he got the Nobel yes. Prize. And he's yeah. like, I got the Nobel Prize. This is how I acted. Yeah. So I will continue to act the way I am, but I'm not going to stop anything. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to have that filter anymore because maybe without yeah. that filter, I it'll get. I wouldn't have done this. I, yeah, maybe without that filter, I could have gotten the Nobel Prize at 20 instead of 40 right. or something. Right, exactly. So, so yeah, and yeah. I think that's kind of the perfect lead in to my last question, which is yeah. for you. Um, which is, um, I guess, how do I put this? Like, if Shockley never existed, mm-hmm. it's a. I mean, it's at least, I think we can at least say that Transistor gets pushed back decades. Guy was obviously a genius for all of his flaws, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, these days, if he acted that way, we would never tolerate that. He'd yeah. be canceled, he'd be fired, whatever yeah. he got, he would have left public life. Mm-hmm. So I guess the hard question, knowing everything that we know about Shockley and also knowing that Without him, we're probably not doing a podcast right now. Mm-hmm. Like, how do we thread the needle of t- 
tolerating people's contributions to humanity while rejecting utterly their destructive ideas and their flaws and just the way maybe they even treat people on a daily basis. Like, mm-hmm. are we will? Is there? And and I'm realize I'm going long winded here, but is there is there a degree to which we can excuse bad behavior if you're gonna give us the transistor, you know? Or do we hold everyone to the same standard regardless of if you're, you know, just contributing in a, in a less kind of impactful way? Um, that's a really good question. Are you talking about like where is the line? Where do we say no? We understand you're a genius, but you can't be like this because. Yeah, or should we even have a line? Like, like, why yeah. is it that the fact that, like, as far as I know, this guy didn't do anything. I mean, he studied a lot, you know, and everything, and he mm-hmm. worked really hard. But, like, you know, he clearly had gifts, you know, that yeah. maybe his environment or whatever gave him, you know, do we give him a pass because of something he didn't really earn? Not I, not even that he didn't earn it, you know? Like, he worked really hard to capitalize on and on all the opportunities he was given. Yeah, that's... Well, I feel like there are so many smart people in the world. There are sm- so many geniuses that, without Shockley... Look at what Beavis and Butthead did without that's Shockley. True. They improved on his original idea right. that was given to him by a company. But, well, no, he didn't get the idea from the company. He came oh, up with the idea. Oh, yeah, okay, okay, yeah, you're... But I feel like there's, like I said, there's so many smart people. And we have to keep in mind that engineer being like social, yeah. like like Beavis and Butthead probably were collaborative to a point. Yeah. Um, it's not like a normal collaborative. No, certainly, yeah. Um, but still, like, to be able to take his idea and improve upon it. Like, I feel like, yes, he's a genius, obviously. Uh-huh. Um, but... It's it's kind of like almost he's in his own way, you know. Right. He if he didn't have such a big ego, if he does didn't have such a big head, maybe he could have collaborated with Beavis and Butthead a little bit more and, um, like Im- improved upon it on on a way that we we might not have seen in, until maybe he gets there faster. Yeah. Maybe he gets there faster exactly, and maybe he wins that Nobel Prize at twenty or thirty instead of like maybe. in his fifties. So I think collaboration and um, I think co- collaboration is the emphasis of optimizing a good product and 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 kind of yeah I don't know I just think he's a dick I really honestly I I'm very biased at this yeah, point yeah. because you let up with like he was just a terrible human being I know and I realize I kind of <laughs> went in that way and that was I guess slightly intentional because I guess I'll push back a little bit. Mm-hmm. because you know a lot of this like as far as i know he got i don't know where he got this idea but like mm-hmm. a lot of really original thinkers mm-hmm. they have to survive like so many people telling them like no this is wrong you know and obviously you can take it really too far like he did at the end of his life where like a million people told him like this is wrong and yeah. they were correct you know yeah whereas in his early life like you know, it's the same thing with, like, Jobs or, like, Elon, where it's, like, you know, yes, they're probably dicks a lot of the time, but, mm-hmm. like, I feel like, it, like, people will be, like, especially with Elon, like, people will be, like, not comparing Elon to this guy, by the way, like, I'm yeah. sure Elon does not believe in eugenics, but people will often mm-hmm. be, like, why can't this guy just, like, make electric cars and, like, rockets and not be such a dumbass, you know? On, tw- yeah, yeah. Well, on, on Twitter, Twitter in yeah. real life, I mean, yeah, he's, like, everything. a fucking dumbass in real life, too, but, like, 
I've always felt like you can't separate those two things. Like, starting an electric car company in, like, 2002 is fucking bonkers. Like, nobody should do that. Yeah, but weren't there already electric car companies they at all that sucked. time? They were tor- So he just took that idea and improved on it. That is true. Tesla, that is true. But and the SpaceX, same thing... Yeah. Oh, well, well I was just gonna I was going to say, Jobs, he had someone else do all of the technical work that for him, true. and he was just the face of it. Fair enough, yes. Uh, and and actually, I just saw an Apple uh, Jobs quote today, which was like talking about how Apple steals stuff, and they're very happy to steal stuff, you know? Yeah, exactly. So, like, fair enough. They were also improving on stuff, but like, I don't know. I just feel like there's like a level of innovation that's really hard to get to. Maybe these men don't really like embody it even maybe they embody it the best but not even that well but like i feel like there's a level of innovation that you just can't get to if you allow people saying like if someone says to you that won't work and you allow that to get to you then you will not be an innovator at the level of if you just let that wash off you know but obviously there's a gigantic downside of like now you're impervious to feedback which is the downfall of like everyone okay but what the thing is is like i feel like there's a difference between people saying like this won't work you'll never get to this and there's there's a difference between saying that and then being like um, you're, you're kind of fostering a toxic environment. Why are you giving me, right. uh, like true serum when I just work here or whatever? Right. What did he do? Polygraph. Polygraph or whatever. Yeah. You know, like it's not people telling this guy that his ideas won't work. Although right. I'm sure there are plenty of people who said that it's more of him just being insane and fostering a bad work environment that I feel like kind of prevented these the the hateful eight or whatever (laughs) the traitorous eight (laughs) from um kind of like performing to their true potential because look they they created a great company that's still used today Mm -hmm. and who knows what they could have done in this company if they hadn't had that yeah bad environment you know yeah i feel i feel like we're getting at something i feel like we're I feel like there's, like, two different modes almost. Or mm-hmm. it's probably just two ends of a spectrum where it's, like, the lone genius and mm-hmm. then the team. And mm-hmm. it, it almost starts, like... You know how this whole thing of, like, conservatives are terrible at starting businesses, but they're great at running them? And liberals are great at starting businesses, mm-hmm. but they're terrible at running them? Oh, God. It almost feels analogous <laughs> to me, you know? Like, like you want someone to start the business and then get the fuck out of the way. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I yeah I see I I guess I see that. Kind I don't know. of. I've, I've other, had a I, I too know. many slowhas IPAs. A slowhas. A sloha. These are tangerine hazies and they're delicious. I kind of like California IPAs better than Virginia IPAs. I think this is totally in your head. I don't I think, think there's any too. difference at all. <laughs> what were we talking about? We were talking about just the fact that you know, and and this maybe is the closer is like. <laughs> There is a certain type of intelligence that is great in a vacuum, to take it back to the vacuum tubes. But when that intelligence makes contact with the real world, it's just a high energy system. It could be high positivity, it could be high negativity, it could go anywhere. And maybe the job of us as engineers and as humans is to direct that energy in a way that's healthy and in a way that's productive and take that energy and just make it something 
beautiful and amazing and Mm -hmm. where people aren't getting their feelings hurt but people are also being pushed yeah you know like I said before I feel that if Mr. Shockley you know maybe uh, I'm well I can't really say what kind of environment his company was like working with because I didn't work there Mm -hmm. but just based off of this one um uh, scenario that you were telling me about, it seemed like he was kind of, like, just, just lost it almost, and, like, I feel like when you foster this kind, like, I feel like I'm repeating myself, but when you foster this work environment, it's detrimental to your project or whatever you're trying to accomplish, because, like, mental health and, has like a a very important connection to how you work, you know. Right. If you're going into work like, oh my God, is is he gonna like, you know, make me waste my time because some secretary got a paper cut and I have to, you know, go in and do like a, a polygraph or whatever, or am I gonna take that time and improve on whatever this is? I mean, again, this is just one scenario. I I don't know what it was like working for him, but. You know, just seeing how well the hateful eight <laughs> did after they right. left, it yeah, kind of, yeah. I, 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 in some way, like not necessarily reaffirms mm-hmm. my idea that it's important for him to foster a good work environment, but kind of just showcases like, um, how moving, how do I say, it? like moving f- forward from that toxic environment into one that's conducive to uh like healthy stimulation for your for your brain where you feel like you know you're constantly working on something important and moving forward can lead to innovation that might not have happened where you're working with shocker shockerly and I feel like shockerly could have done so much in his life if he didn't get in his own way yeah, you almost want, and this is basically what happened, right? Shockley started the business, and mm-hmm. then everybody else was like, great, we're going to run with this later, yeah. you know? Yeah, and even with Beavis and Butthead, like, he, he got in his own way. He was mm-hmm. too prideful, egotistical to be like, you know, they have they have something going on here, you know? Yeah. So he let's... wanted him to be the guy who, who came up with it. Yeah, exactly. I'm hearing that ego is the enemy. Maybe well, your own self is the enemy. Maybe you're, you are getting in the way. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe that's humility, you know? Maybe that's mm-hmm. us stepping back and realizing that we don't need to be in the spotlight all the time. Yeah. Also, you, don't, don't be Don't do eugenics. Please don't. don't. <laughs> I don't <laughs> understand. Just, like... Try not to do that. Don't be like that. Yeah. And also, don't tell your children <laughs> that, that they, they are were a regression. regression. <laughs> They have PhDs. They have PhDs. Oh, God. Well, um, I think we can all take away some some good lessons from the story. Um, I'd like to thank you for being here as well as always. Anytime. Um, do we have an outro? I don't even. Know. Uh, let's just clink. Clink. All right. Clink. Thanks for joining us, folks. Clink. Clink. <laughs> Bye. Have a good one. Bye. Okay. Take care.